Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers distilled a new nation and brought forth bourbon, the water of life. So grab a glass and join Paul, AJ, and JC on another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. I'm Paul and I'm joined by AJ and JC. And today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Charlie Warsham, country music star. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm having a blast, y'all. I'm happy to be here and uh, sitting next to these beautiful whiskeys. There's a surprise whiskey just out of the camera shot. I'm fired up about two. A surprise whiskey. Ooh, I, I like surprises. I that uh, I hope that y'all are as nerdy about whiskey as I am about guitars. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. This one especially. Have you seen the room we're in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks like every closet in our house, if each of those were a guitar case. Yeah, well, there you go. That's fair. Yeah, all right. There's fair there's actually whiskey behind you. There's to the side, everything. It's, Living it's, room, kitchen, and this is bathroom, a tone, bourbon. And this is a toned down collection. We had like almost 500 bottles pre-COVID. Yeah. yeah. And then we drank a lot. Then we drank a yeah. lot. The experts. And I've heard different answers. But let's say I open a bottle of whiskey. How long do I have until I need to maybe be done drinking that whiskey because the oxygen, uh, the exposure to oxygen has done something to it? It's going to oxidize a little bit over time. Yeah. Uh, but you guys think they have bottles like Jimmy Russell has a bottle on his shelf that he's had since pre-prohibition that he'll still sip out of. So it's it's just going to change over time, the flavor notes yeah. and stuff. But you you can drink on it forever. It's it, not going to go bad. Yeah, it's it not going to go bad or ruin the, or spoil or anything. It just changes the notes it, a little it'll bit. It'll taste dusty, if that makes sense. Yeah, the last one so, we had, those some old, do. It yeah. kind of have an older taste. Like a, so here's a good question. What's the oldest whiskey you've had, like, from what year? Uh, some old Weller. Uh. I would think would be the oldest whiskey I've had. I have no clue what year it would be from though. Okay. We, I know we've had, we've had whiskey from, I know I've had it from 1967. Is that the one that, that, that was Turkey from uh, 67. Okay. And I know that other one was 69. That's mine from beam. That is mine. I have in, well, my dad's possession, a bottle of whiskey they found in in his dad's closet after his parents passed. We don't know that. the story. But old charter. Oh. It's like it's definitely. Oh wow! Be like probably like from a Christmas party because he didn't drink, so it's probably from a Christmas yeah. party. Seventies. Uh, that's actually probably worth something. That's probably yeah, a really good bottle. Of the old charter is actually that old. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. old charter is a little different now, but back then the original was, charter. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, that's. Yeah, that'd be yeah. That's gonna bottle. be some good stuff. If you know, if music doesn't work out for you, just send the bottle. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do this in person on and on the show. We'll 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 auction off the bottle. There, there you go. go. There hey, you go. Oh well, I, we actually have something that we could auction that bottle off for <laughs> in about in about eight months. We'll talk about when the show's yeah. over because yeah. uh, we can't say it uh, uh, live just yet. Yeah. Anyway, um, so tell us a little bit about uh, yourself for the people who may not know you, like kind of how you got into music and uh, and you know some of your passion behind that, and then we'll talk about whiskey. Oh, I love it. I grew up the son of a banker and a teacher, hundred miles south of Memphis, Tennessee, in Grenada, Mississippi. Uh, I grew up about 20 minutes from the edge of the Mississippi Delta, home of the Delta Blues. Uh, but the region in which I grew up is known as Hill Country. And okay. it's a little spookier sound in 
blues music from hill country though i'm not a blues musician i uh i grew up striking out at t-ball uh digging for worms in the outfield you know i i was not cut out for an athletic career and i started taking piano lessons and everything made sense with music i couldn't stop i wanted a guitar so badly uh a lot of my early influences uh my north stars vince gill uh went to see leonard skinner with my dad but my first rock Mm -hmm. concert here we go big keith richards fan big bb king fan and when i did eventually get my hands on a guitar an electric guitar to be uh, exact it was bb king who was my first teacher so to speak his records uh but before that i got a banjo our our family went to opryland theme park back when it was happening here in nashville where i live uh for the last 15 years i've been in nashville uh, and I wanted a banjo. I saw Mike Snyder play a banjo. I was eating up with the Grand Ole Opry. And so I was kind of a bluegrass kid. And instead of taking up other sports, I took up other instruments. You know, I had a mandolin and a dobro and fiddle for a minute, though you don't want to hear me play fiddle. So I grew up <laughs> and playing in bluegrass festivals and bands. By middle school, I had acquired a guitar and then an electric guitar. And then I was starting to play in bar bands. So when I was in high school, that was my gig. It's the only job I've ever had playing music. Uh, went from Mississippi to Boston playing uh, to, to college there and then made a beeline for Nashville, joined a band for a couple years, struck out on my own. Uh, I've made two records on uh, Warner Music Nashville and I'm releasing, uh, have just now released my uh, newest uh, effort, which is an EP, basically half a record. And I got married and we have uh, our first uh, child a three-month-old son named gabriel thomas Worsham. congratulations congratulations, congratulations. pretty awesome and <laughs> it, they're great at this age and then they get mobile and then you're oh. just like what, <laughs> what the hell did i do well there you go so anyway all, all to wrap it up put a bow on it i uh i'm not a platinum selling artist uh but i have a lot of love and respect in the community here in nashville i'm proud to be a part of it i've uh, helped pay the bills all these years. I, I like to say I'm taking the scenic route to stardom. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing because I was never in this to be famous. You know what I mean? That's just a, it's a side effect of success. Um, I just love playing music and writing songs and singing them. And uh, so in this scenic journey <laughs> to stardom, I've spent some time in my hero's band backing up Vince Gill. You know, That's I'm pretty cool. Them with myself on my own and with others was an old crow medicine show for a year playing oh. on records for eric church and dirk spentley and luke combs even a this carrie underwood gospel record i ended up on that uh recently in the leslie jordan gospel record so i'm just eat up with music and i'm playing music all the time still kind of waiting for the miracle got my line in the water for that but in the meantime i'm just making whatever music i can every day it's been been a great life so far that's a pretty cool story yeah. I like that. Yeah. You don't hear too many musicians is like, yeah, I never had another job. I'm just did this my whole life. Chased my dream. <laughs> and it's worked for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's paying the bills. It, it, you should see some of the gigs I've played. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard some of the things we did before we did a podcast. <laughs> Way more, just as bad. Uh, there's many things that will never see the light of day. Yeah, uh, so, so give us, we were actually having this conversation um, off before we started the show, but you know, and you're from Mississippi and there's a flag behind you and you kind of had a pretty cool story behind it because it's like an almost kind of maybe, and uh, kind of give us the story behind that. Yeah. 
everything behind me, and I don't know if folks are being able to tune into the video or just. Yeah, they will. Yep. Yep. We'll have the video up and edited. So I'll do. I can do a quick tour. Sure, go for it. Start with this flag. It's known as the Stennis flag, uh, and there's been a, a movement for a long time to change Mississippi's state flag. Uh, the flag they had been flying for, I believe, around 100 years or so. Uh, in the top left-hand corner still had the stars and bars, rebel uh, insignia, uh, which is just, you know, I, I, I understand that for some people they they may feel a connection to that in terms of, I've heard the phrase, heritage, not hate, but the simple fact of the matter is it is a, it is a flag that flew with the KKK and uh, in, this, in the civil rights era of the 1960s, um, it was just a, a, a symbol that, was uh, very hateful uh, to a point that it just doesn't need to fly anymore. So Mississippi in 2020 did get a new flag and I thought it was going to be this flag. I was so pumped. I got this flag and they ended up doing a contest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but now how much rare is that? You have the almost flag. It's like the almost flag. And I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's like, I'm still flying it, man. You know, it was a part of of the evolution of our state. Right. I, I, I'm fascinated with my home state's history. I mean, it shaped me in so many ways, but it has a rich musical and cultural uh, history uh, in, in American arts, especially. Uh, so there's that flag uh, down on the floor here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't trip. <laughs> Little show and tell here. Uh, so the drum kit behind me is my dad's old drum kit. That's my first memory of music. That's cool. Uh, and yeah, pretty cool stuff. This American flag was flown at the U.S. Capitol years ago. My mom, a school teacher, wrote to the U.S. Uh, the Mississippi representative, and they sent this flag to her class, which is well, that's cool. pretty cool. That is uh, not a guitar; it's a percussion instrument that was invented here in East Nashville. It's called the shitar. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought guitar. that's what I played. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like when I play. <laughs> so this is uh, Grand Ole Opry legend. Roy Acuff's last tube of super poly grip denture cream. <laughs> this is a corsage that was worn by uh, Jimmy Carter's mother at Jimmy Carter's daughter's wedding. Uh, and it was uh, given to Dixie Hall, the wife of country music songwriter and Hall of Famer Tom T. Hall. I, I don't know where I get these things. Peter Cooper. And so then last but not least, this whole thing, this is Marty Stewart's bus rug. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that wrecked me, the thing that made me go, oh my gosh, this is I'm in, this has to happen, was was Marty Stewart played our hometown. And he was one of my early heroes uh and continues to be to this day. I'm so happy he's going in the Hall of Fame, uh Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, he came to my town. They threw that rug right outside of the door. And that's the first thing his boots landed on when he came to our hometown. And he got about four songs in the concert and a massive thunderstorm came and the show had to be canceled. So the bus had to tear out of there for the mud got too bad. And they were in such a hurry. They left that it was floating in a puddle. My sweet mom got that bus rug, put it in a garbage bag in the trunk, washed it off. And for every day, every morning until I left home, I would, First thing my feet would hit in in the morning was that bus rug. I'd stand on it and pretend I was Marty Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story. That is a great story. 
that's a great that's, story. That's called, called envisioning it before you do yeah, it. Yeah, making it happen. Will it into existence. <laughs> those boards you hang up, the vision boards. Yeah. Vision boards. He's got a vision rug he just stands on. I am Marty Stewart. <laughs> uh, all right. That's well, awesome. Let's drink. <laughs> so have you had any of these whiskeys? I have not had these whiskeys, and I'm excited to try them. I can tell you, uh, Wild Turkey as a brand is the reason my father does not drink whiskey when he was <laughs> really young and just figuring out how to drink. Uh, that was the first and last time he had whiskey. I think he got sick on Wild Turkey. and <laughs> Been there. Well, you're yeah. not going to have that problem. So what are we going to start with? It's got a very beautiful uh, patina. All three of these do. Yeah. Oh, it's box here of, of a new dickel uh-huh which i think is going to be part of the show should i save the unboxing of so this? i i so which one is, is it the eight year because they we didn't get it that's not ah oh man that's a bummer let's well let's see it may be the new dickel bourbon um let me see let's see we'll open this together so y'all just have to teach me how to be a whiskey sommelier in the next, you know, hour or so, and then I can try this for for everyone. I'll have. There you <laughs> go. We can we can make it happen. Here we go. Yeah, FedEx hates my address, so there was a problem there. Dickel Bourbon. How about that? Huh? It's their new eight year bourbon. They just came out with it. Huh? I'm well, actually intrigued. I want to try it because if it's old smoky was good, was really good. I'm, well, I like the Dickel Rye. Like that's I that I do yeah. like the Dickel Rye, and I think no, I drank it all already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had the moment like, mm-hmm. no, it's gone. <laughs> I do like the Dickel Rye. I was looking at my top; it's been right there, but it's gone. We have one. Where's that? Where's the one that I have Did that we got? It? Yeah, it's here. It's yeah. right up there. So we've got this one. Oh, we can we can compare and contrast. How about that? We so we've got barrel. the hand selected oh, okay. barrel. We have the nine year, so we can we can we can play with that. How about that? We can trade it. What the heck did the table just break? Kick the okay, <laughs> perfect. The oh. thing there you go. Woo! Ta-da. The there things that happen when you have no clue what in the world what you're doing. You're just doing a show for whiskey because you like oh. to drink. Anyway, let's drink. Let's. See. You want to start with the early times? Yeah, we'll start with. Uh, you want to? Do, yeah, let's do early times. Yeah, start. Start, I, start I, with early times. I hate calling it bottom shelf, but it's kind of what it is. Well, but. I mean, this is going to be the best $25 bottle you've probably ever had for a liter and as a liter. Yeah. So, it's, and, and you will tell the quality of this one by the fact that you have to unscrew the top. <laughs> <laughs> it means it's a very classy. Not all of them have that. <laughs> they all used to. Poor in the early times. Whoa. Oh, it comes out. Podcast. If all my pours are like that. It's a, JC, it's a JC pour. It, it's called bourbon with friends. Eventually, you know, it turns into bourbon with assholes when you drink enough whiskey. So <laughs> now, cheers. I like a good neat with cheers, y'all. Cheers. cheers. Woo. I bet guarantee you that does not sip like a $25 bottle. No, not at all. This, this is one of those kind of like surprise bottles. Like, You'll hear people, you'll say you drank early times and people are like, you drank what? Why are you drinking early times? But the bottled and bond specifically is a whole different breed off any of their other lines. It's got a really nice nose to it, doesn't it? So have you ever gone over like smelling and sniffing and tasting for whiskey 
I've done one other uh, bourbon podcast. Uh, Dad's okay. drinking. Uh, yeah. I think y'all are buddies with them, and that was my first time doing an, any kind of official tasting. Gotcha. Yeah. I told them, I'll tell y'all. I don't. I don't know my head from my ass on this. I, I do know what I like, um, I, and I'm loving yeah. this. Um, Did, so, descriptive so words are, are probably not the proper terminology, but. No, there's no proper no, there's, terminology. There's like not. we're we're not in you know one of the things that we we might talk terminology just because we grew up in it, but it would be like you talking music, right? I might know stuff about it, but I'm not going to know the terminology that you have. It doesn't mean that you know one way is better or the other. It's just the way it is. It's just from from understanding and knowledge. So, like when you when you drink this, what do you like? What do you taste? I feel like I can taste the barrel. Okay. okay. So you get the- um. Would that be oak? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like it has a, uh, it may just because it's my first sip, but I'm, I'm appreciating the finish. It's a nice lingering finish. Yeah, it's got, it feels like it's got a longer finish and it's got mm-hmm. enough sweetness for my taste. I don't like yep. it just too sweet. Uh, so that's where but, I'm sitting with it. Well, well, it's it, good that you there's one thing, one thing a lot yeah. of people do, and it's if you take it and like when you drink it, it's called like the Kentucky chew. Just kind of swirl it around your mouth, like kind of chew on it a little bit. And it hits different parts of your tongue and you get different flavor receptors depending on where it's hitting. Cause so you, you'll see stuff to it, like some, uh, not cinnamon, but like a, uh, brown sugar. There's some baking yeah. spices in yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, like I could sip on this and eat a Christmas cookie. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's fair. That's a good. That's fair. Well, <laughs> what's interesting, right? So this is what's fun about doing these things. I never got the barrel until he started saying it. Now I'm really getting the oak because I'm looking for it. You're getting the wood yeah. in your mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> you had to just say that, right? <laughs> what? You're, you're getting the wood you're in your mouth. Your mouth. <laughs> you all have a dirty mind. <laughs> oh, God. You knew what you were saying. So, yeah. No, like that's really interesting that you're saying that because... I've had this several times and this is like the first time I'm actually yeah. getting like the barrel that, yeah. that oaky taste. Cause it's a four year, cause it's being a bottom bond. It's de- it's a four year bourbon. Uh, it's a hundred proof, four year bourbon proof, you know, yeah. made from the same uh, warehouse. If you find them buy all of them because it's yeah. about it to made, get allocated. It may made, it made change. Yeah. It changed. wouldn't be allocated. They got bought out. So they're going to change it some. So it's a good one to find if you can still find it. Okay. But, but yeah, it's one of those like surprise bottles that pull out that, you know, you're like, everyone thinks it's got to be high dollar expensive stuff. Yeah. But, but you this can, will always be on my shelf. You can drink this or you can mix it. Like I would put, put some ginger ale or Sprite in this. Call it a good night. Yeah. You know, it would make a good old fashioned, I think. I'm, a, I'm an old fashioned fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we like the old fashioned. Old fashions and Manhattans are my like two go to's. I like old fashioned mules. Paul likes. And I'll do, I'll do an ice cube to open up a whiskey. Is that uh, yeah? What ice cube will uh, kind of dull it down a little bit because the cold, but the water released into it will open up the oils and you'll get a different yeah. flavor. So we have like an eyedropper that we use for the show. So we put like a little drop or two in there, and then you'll get like a whole different flavor subset with it. So it's pretty cool as far as that goes. And it's kind of fun to watch, like, whenever you drop the water in, you can hold it up and you can actually see the oils separating where the water dilutes into it. It's kind of nerdy to watch. We're we're, we're nerds. (laughs) 
No, I love it. I'm gonna have to try that where the lighting is is more. Yeah, yeah. You you drop it in, you hold it up, and you kind of you'll just watch the water. Like it's like heat. It's all. It's like heat and uh, um, like when you see like you put oil and boiling water, and you kind of see it when it starts to boil. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, and it's gonna really make the oils. What happens when you drop the water and it brings the oils to the top, and you get the whole different flavor. And another trick is once you're done drinking that, now set the glass to the side and let it air out a little bit, and then we'll come back to that. Yeah. Okay. I really just learned a lot now. <laughs> and I, I took this little cup of ice, and I put a little bit. Yeah. In yep. Yep. It sure has changed it. Yeah. Would you do you get like some different flavor notes in that then? Yeah, it's uh somewhere between caramel and vanilla. If if you yep. burned a little on the stovetop you know there you go yeah like yep. burnt brown sugar yeah. yeah yep yep yeah you're, you're i don't know what That's i'm doing cool. yeah right <laughs> you're, hitting, you're hitting stuff on the head here yeah, yeah. no you're, you're yeah. i don't know what i'm doing this tastes like a burnt this is why people who <laughs> taste whiskey and take it way too seriously take shit way too seriously because it's not that complicated it's all about tasting things that you know and you recognize that you've had in your life and it starts sparking those memories and that's what you get and I've had discussions with people. They're like, well, I taste black currant on this. And I'm like, well, I've never eaten a black currant in my life. So it kind of <laughs> tastes like blackberry to me because <laughs> I was out in the hills in Kentucky and you had blackberry bushes everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, blackberry want. I mean, <laughs> so how long have you been drinking whiskey? Like what kind of got you into it? What got me into whiskey? Uh, I was a pretty good kid growing up and, uh, and I was also well-traveled young person my mom the teacher believes in travel as education so by the time i left home yes. i'd been across the pond half a dozen times you know uh, ireland and england and france italy germany uh, switzerland all across the states and when i went to europe to ireland to be exact uh because the music was in the pubs and mm -hmm. also <laughs> the Guinness and the whiskey was in the pubs i saw in the pubs what before I even knew this is what it was for me, my ideal uh, relationship to alcohol uh, in terms of uh, uh, social mm -hmm. situations was like some good music, probably some really good fried potato based foods. Uh, <laughs> yes. Your stories for days. Oh and then this magical substance Guinness. And then everybody was, you know, there's the whole Jameson Bushmills thing. I remember when I was a kid, it was like, you know, you, you people were very uh, uh, opinionated about it the way that they are SEC football in the South, you know. <laughs> There's some strong opinions about that, yeah. Yeah, so it was Irish whiskey. Uh, I believe my mom brought a bottle of Jameson back from Ireland. And when I went off to college, it was kind of a, all right, we trust you, you know, take this bottle of whiskey, but make it last the whole semester kind of thing. I don't know if it lasted the whole semester, but <laughs> I did. I sipped on Jameson. And from the get-go, I just thought, well, if I'm going to drink whiskey, I'm going to drink whiskey. So I might put an ice cube in it, but I would I would sip on whiskey, and I developed a taste for whiskey uh, from Jameson. And then, of course, moving to Nashville, uh, that was a whole other world of whiskeys, uh, a lot of Tennessee whiskey and bourbon. And I began to open up my palate for whiskey uh because I, I was thinking that Irish whiskey, that, that was my, you know, square one. So the idea of the sweetness of some American whiskeys at first 
rubbed me the wrong way. I can now appreciate a little sweetness, but I love smoky. And I was, and I was curious about what was next door to Ireland, like the scotch vibes and stuff. So I yeah, love yeah. a good whiskey. It's going to punch me in the face. You know, I do like a good scotch. Yeah, I like the Isla scotches, the peatiness, that heavy smoke, you know. Been introduced to whiskey in Ireland. Uh, the, you know, the second sentence out of everybody's mouth in talking about whiskey, the first time I was around people talking about whiskey was scotch because it was next door. So uh, I was very curious to try scotch, but my next time being around whiskey was right out of college, moving to Nashville. Tennessee whiskeys, bourbons, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Learning curve. Eventually, I got around to going to Scotland. I was actually opening up for Kenny Rogers on his farewell tour. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> oh, wow. It was such a thrilling experience, and what a legend. Uh, and he toured all those years uh, when not a lot of American country uh, singers went over there. He always made a point to go over there so you could see the – love pouring onto the stage from the audience every night it was really special but i went i took a flight three days early went to edinburgh and nice I kind of, it's my one of my favorite cities is edinburgh such a beautiful city uh went to the national museum of scotland saw the stuffed dolly cloned sheep which was got <laughs> some scotches and they were so great oh man they were just delicious so, yeah so so I've been I've been to Edinburgh three times. I love it. It's it's such a phenomenal city. I actually found Van Winkle fifteen in a dive bar for like nine pounds of pour and <laughs> made these guys very jealous. We were supposed to go to Scotland. Yeah, but eh, COVID sucks. Yeah, COVID kind of canceled a lot so, of our trips. I'm a massive traveler, so I I had been I've been to the UK about fifteen times. Um, yeah. I'm a big soccer fan, so I would I would go over games. I was actually. I landed on a Monday and the track back from England and the travel ban hit on a Wednesday. So it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Wednesday, that same Wednesday. Yeah. I was yeah. To go to C to C the country festival and play with old crow. Okay. And we were in route to the airport. I had my bags packed. Uh, I mean, my wife and I were 10 minutes from her dropping me off at the gate. And I got the call from catch from the band saying, we're pretty sure this is all going to get canceled and the festival hasn't canceled yet, but we're going to go ahead and make the call. Had they not done that, I probably would have gotten stuck at least in New York. I mean, now look, my flight was to Dublin, so there could have been worse places to be stuck, but correct. Uh, it is pretty crazy. And, and, and I, and it's crazy too. I was playing gigs. I normally don't play that much in town in Nashville in one week, but I'd played gigs like the three nights prior. And in some of my favorite venues too, like the Station Inn here in Nashville. So I mean, I definitely went out or went into the pandemic on a on a high note for my for my heart or whatever. But man, what a what a weird week that was. I remember we just sat at home for a week, going scratching our heads, like what's what's what happening? the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, we. You know? I was I was actually on a plane that Wednesday going to Chicago for work. So that's, it was a very interesting, it, it was really weird because I was at the last Manchester United game with fans up until like, like a month and a half, two months ago when they, they I think their last home game had fans. I was just at work and nothing changed for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, we got really busy all of a sudden because we're the only place open. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I, I went to live shows all that weekend because I knew everything was going to be canceled. So I had plans from like Thursday on seeing all my 
favorite live just, band. Just lined it up. Just I was like, let's, I was like, let's, let's knock it out. Let, yeah. Let's go to number two. Let's let's talk. So this is one of my favorite. Long Branch is one of my favorite. Here goes a good pop. I like Long Branch. The pop's great. Almost out of faith. Um, so this is a collaboration between Matthew McConaughey and Eddie Russell. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lower proof, but I, I think it has a lot of good flavor to it. And this is just like a really nice sipping whiskey. You don't want to get too, you know, smammered. You want to have a couple of drinks. Maybe it's a little warm out. This is the perfect whiskey for that. It's got, it's Texas mesquite filtered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Oak and Texas mesquite. They do the charcoal mellowing and filtering on this one. Yeah. Kind of like the. It already, I smell, I feel like I'm at the barbecue. Yep. Yep. They kind of uh, kind of took the Tennessee Lincoln County press process a little bit on this one. But added the Texas flair for Matthew McConaughey because he's Texas everything. Ooh, I like it. It's it's pretty mellow, right? Like, it's nothing that's too crazy. It's like 88 proof, I think. 86.9 or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be your more mellow. It's not going to be like a bunch of different bowl flavors coming out at you, but it's easy to sip on. I don't know if you like cigars. It's a good, like, to sit back outside. It's not that hot, so you can drink it during the summertime. It won't, like, burn you up. It's got a cigar. got a good amount of flavor, too, for something that's lower proof. Usually, like, I'm a barrel-proof drinker. I like the high-proof exactly as it comes out of the barrel. But for something that's low low proof like this it has a lot of good lingering notes that kind of hang around yeah do you get a little do you get a little bit more corn on this one you know it's interesting you ask that because uh i just got hit to the difference with corn and because i'm a big uh fan of dickel Mm -hmm. uh out to the distillery if you i've actually never toured the distillery but i've been to the the grounds uh several times for different gigs or whatever and i just love the energy there and the philosophy and I'm a fan of their whiskeys. And, uh, I never realized that they're kind of a corn forward whiskey Mm -hmm. and some people, I guess, uh, just their natural chemical makeup in their body or sort of like some people, you know, like some people love cilantro and some people hate it. Like there's a thing with corn based or corn forward whiskeys. I must be on the side of people that love corn, uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I yeah, but there, there are definitely some pe- people that don't like the high corn yeah. mash bills. Well, right. I don't know what it is in this that is the corn, but I, I do like this whiskey, and I guarantee a part of it is that. I just have to learn to pick it out. I guess it's almost like a sweet corn, though. Like, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, yeah, brown on top, you know, because you're get you from the fermentation process, you're gonna you're not gonna get that full kernel taste. Um, I kind of relate it to like a grilled corn on the cob almost where you get. Yeah, 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 exactly. And this particular one's going to have some higher rye in it than a normal Mm -hmm. wood. So you get a little bit more of that baking spice burn. Yep. I'm I'm a sucker for that with rye. So what's interesting, this one burns a little bit more, I think, in the back and is lower proof. And this one doesn't burn that much. But early times is more weeded, right? No, it's a basic. It's it's a it's a corn barley. I'm sorry, corn barley and rye for yeah, older times. The barley, they, they, they might have more barley and less rye or something like that. 
thing is about wild turkey, it doesn't matter what it is. They only have one mash bill or two because you count the rye. Yeah. It's just where they age and how they age it, where you get the different things. And the the what? wild turkey is known for the spice at the end. It doesn't matter what it is for me. Like wild turkey, just, and that's why I like it. It's got that nice cinnamon burn that. They all have a very signature note at the end that's very. I mean, you can tell it's wild turkey. You know you're drinking wild turkey when you're drinking it. Yeah, I mean, the filtering and the the, the charcoal and all that else changes a little bit, but it's really good. It's 70, um, the early times, is 79% corn, 11% rye, 10% malted barley. Yeah, yeah. It's a lower rye. It's, more, it's mostly yeah. corn. Yeah. That's what it's you get. Also, it's got like the liquid, uh, what do you call it, viscosity of it or whatever. It's very silky to me. Yes. Okay. Yep. You know, that makes I agree with that. I agree. This is a very smooth drinking whiskey. I'm calling. Uh, I think he lied. To I'm us. calling shenanigans <laughs> on this. I don't know what I'm beginning. talking about. I don't know anything about whiskey. I don't know. Oh. It's very silky with wood char. Feel. Like, Come on. <laughs> and he said viscosity. I, wait, I was going to say you used the word viscosity. <laughs> like, let's be. Honest. Do you uh, do you do wine tastings at all by chance? I love wine. I'm a big okay. wine fan and fan. I've never. I've only done. Uh, one or two, you know, on my radio tour, which radio tour is a whole thing in the music business. Like, uh, it's, it's your introduction to the folks that, uh, run the radio stations. And there's like 150 to 200 country radio stations in, in, in America. Oh, God. And in the span of three months, you visit them all and you get to know them all and oh, you lunch for dinner with them all. And you tell the same joke and you sing the same three songs, <laughs> you know? So it gets a little like groundhog day, but, in the meantime, like you're, you're drinking a lot of what feels like free, even though they're putting it on your tab, you know, like you're, you're hanging. <laughs> so every night's like a steak dinner and cocktails and stuff. And when we were in Santa Rosa, uh, we did a wine uh, tasting and my wife and I have done a wine tasting at the Biltmore. Uh, okay. But, but I mean, yeah, I love, I just, you know what it is. And you've got that painting of Anthony Bourdain. I love where craft and culture intersect because that's everything for me with music is especially coming from mississippi mississippi music is the story of mississippi have, and have, yeah go oh, go ahead finish i'm sorry well so and but also travel you know if you travel the bourdain way uh you're you're traveling through the eye of culture like let me get into the mind and yeah. the heart of the people here and appreciate this in context and whiskey making is the same thing. It's got that same shape to it. Uh, there's history and there, and there's a story to it. And that's half of my enjoyment of drinking whiskey is thinking about that. Spot like- the F on. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, that's a you, you need to come up to Kentucky and that's like do good. some of the tours and stuff up here. Cause you'll get that same heritage and that same, you know, even on the music scale, like, I mean, my hometown was where Bill Monroe's from, you know, Blue Moon over Kentucky, all that. So um, the Bluegrass Hall of Fame's actually in Owensboro. So did you know Janie's Crow daughter worked for me one time? <laughs> did you know that George Washington made whiskey? Crow reference, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Did you know? Did you, speaking of history, did you know that George Washington made whiskey? He was a whiskey distiller. Did actually go to Mount Vernon when I was a kid when we went to DC, and I feel like I feel like I didn't know that, but you saying that 
was like, oh, yeah, you have that filed away in here. You can still get the same whiskey recipe he made. They yeah. sell it there at Mount Vernon. But he was like one of the very first whiskey distillers in yeah, the was, United States. He was a rye. But yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It was he made a lot of ryes. So it's it's so it's so interesting when you're talking about history and whiskey. Like it doesn't get more American history than that. That it goes all the way to George Washington. And then when you're yeah. talking about Anthony Bourdain, this guy over here was about to start crying because there's a big picture of him on the wall right he's here. You can't see. No, he's not. no, you can see. Oh, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. Have you see it, man? It makes. There's an Anthony Bourdain book uh, at the top of this stack, and there's another one over there. I, Which, if I couldn't play music, I would want to be. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, "Your body, your body isn't a temple; it's an amusement park. So enjoy the ride." <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, have you seen the uh, the the Bourdain episodes where he's in Mississippi? It's one of my favorite episodes. It, it, it's one of my favorite. He he brings Mississippi out. It's a it's a very interesting episode. And I want to go to that restaurant where they, they they sit them in the rooms and they have their own private room. It's a great episode. I I like that episode. I wish that I could remember which season it's on. Maybe closing. So you may want to book that trip. Uh -oh. I don't know. I know. Uh, uh -oh. Man, I'm a victim of the pandemic, but. Uh, well, we'll pick up I'll on the way in Nashville and you show us around. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll give you all some Mississippi recommendations. I mean, you got to go to Clarksdale. Uh, Morgan Freeman actually has a, a juke joint there he built that's pretty cool but around the corner from there's an old school place and i mean it's the size of this music room you know uh it's called reds and it's awesome and they got the museum there and the that's where they do the uh the juke joint festival and mm -hmm. uh, you have a shack up in and it's at the edge of a cotton field and what it is is you pick which shotgun shack you want to stay in and they've like uh reclaimed these shotgun shacks from across the delta and refurbished them with running water and electricity and whatnot. And like, you can stay in a shotgun shack. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> Bye, JC. Well, we're going about to going now. We're about Jason's to drink some rye. Now. You sure you don't want to wait until after? All right. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a bottle and go. So JC oh. loves rye. Are we and this jumping is, in? Yeah, I'm, let's I'm jump in. in. Let's dive in. into it. This is one of his favorite ryes too. I'm not going to pour for you. I'll, I'll kill you. Yeah, don't pour for me. I'm not allowed to pour anybody else whiskey, by the way. I've been banned. And why is that? Because you get really drunk doing a podcast if you let him pour for we, you. We have a term we actually call it a JC pour. And it's a lot more than... It's, it's more be. than your average pour. Yes. <laughs> well. Cheers. Ooh. I mean, all right, I'm just going to say it. I took a whiff of this, and I thought lobby of the peabody hotel there's like a bouquet of flowers in the distance of the nose of this i know that sounds bonkers to me to y'all probably but like i got a whiff of this like fancy you know what i mean like yeah i just love that you brought up the peabody hotel because oh. I, I love the peabody hotel <laughs> i want to i want to pet the ducks but they won't let me <laughs> <laughs> My, I've got a family that lives down in Dallas and we go through Memphis all the time. And my mom's always talked about seeing the ducks like on Johnny Carson and all this back in the day. Finally, one time we stopped for ribs and she was like, I was like, no, if we hang around for another 30 minutes, we can go finally see the ducks that you've always wanted to see. We all pack in the lobby, the whole thing. It's when they're going up, you know, to the top, we watch the whole thing. I helped push get her up front. And then 
she goes, that's it. <laughs> and I go, what, what'd you want them to do? Mom, they're ducks. <laughs> like, did you want them to sing and dance for you? Like, <laughs> Oh, they're very well cared for ducks. Oh, yeah. they are. Yes. I've, I, I watched a whole like documentary on it. I didn't she probably thought, it. she probably thought <laughs> you just said that you, she probably thought Daffy duck was going to come out here. Like a, <laughs> a kick dance line rotation. But, but no, I mean, I know what you're talking about sitting in that lobby, like just that opulence and everything that's there. Like a lavender. I get it with this. Yeah. The thing I love about the finish on this, and y'all were saying that Wild Turkey, they're known for their their finish. I feel like this can sound nuts. Like somebody cracked open the top of all like the baking spices, and I'm just like licking <laughs> as the as the finish kind of does its thing, and that's great. I'm I, I really love it. It's, yeah, it's got a lot of so yeah. we're so we're three for three on the stuff you haven't tried yet. Big time, yeah. It's got a lot of spice at the end. It's just a good wild turkey product. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like it, but it's 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 right my alley. This was one of the first rides I actually enjoyed. Sometimes it's a, a little guy. much for some people, but like it's just all around full body flavor. Everything you kind of want it to be. It's a classic bourbon or rye. Right, it's, yeah. To me, to me, it's like what a rye and bourbon tastes like. It's like this is the highest proof. It what is it? One twelve? One sixteen? I think. Right. It's well, the 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 it's, it's on the. Well, you, you have your thumb over it. It's on the neck. One twelve point. Yeah, one twelve. Yeah. The rare breed, not the not the rye. It's the the rare, the other rare breed is high. It's the like bourbon is one sixteen. So, so this is the highest proof we've had so far. So I mean, you're you're all the way up there, and it's still easy to drink. Good flavor. Not burning you out. It's the misconception of some people with whiskey thinking higher proof you're going to burn yourself out of the drink, and really, it it just depends on the quality of the juice that you're drinking and what they what's in it. I don't because they don't have an age statement on this, but it's they usually age everything six to eight years. I mean, they don't have an age. This is the rise, so they might go less because a lot of people age rise less. Yeah. So the longer it ages, the more the less alcohol burn you get on it, and the more of the flavor notes come out, regardless yeah. of the proof. Yeah. And the longer it ages, the the burn actually goes down. Yeah. So like it's like you know other whiskeys are have no burn on it. I don't know why I just stumbled over that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep talking like the internet is going out. <laughs> You've made JC's heart so happy talking about Anthony Bourdain and and all this and stuff. It's just he's just so happy right now. He doesn't even know how to control himself. And you're a rye guy. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Bourdain rye enthusiast. Yeah. See. <laughs> I love it. You, you good? You need a hug? Part of why I love Bourdain so much is at the end of the day, he's a writer. He's a fantastic yep. writer. And uh I I sing and I play, you know. Uh and I I mean I'm doing it. For a living, so I mean, I'm doing it at a competent, doing it at a competent enough level. But my heart is in the writing, and getting that message across. And I, I, I relate to that with Bourdain. Right. Uh, it's he is taking what he his experiences, which is a, an experience very, very, very few people get to have, and he's translating that into a universal, uh, universally uh, accessible. Uh, format um which also i mean like we've been talking about you know like the story of whiskey 
I mean, that's what it ends up being, right? Like it's universally accessible. Like anybody, whether they know what they're drinking or not, whether they appreciate it or not, can can share a glass of whiskey, tell some stories to each other and, and create that memory. Uh, if, and the whiskey is the sort of foundation for that. Um, yes. It's but, the whole foundation of our whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can sit back, sit around, share a drink with people and your perspective changes. It makes people more open to ideas and talk about stuff. It's just, it's more of a, it's just a friendly thing to, you know, it, uh, if people drink bourbon, it would change the world. And, and I know, I'm, I know I say it a lot, but like it's like time slows down. Like you're not, you never really look at the clock when you're sitting here just drinking. Yeah, drinking bourbon, you're not staring at the clock. How things are, like, yeah. am I gonna make it to this on time? Like, well, I'm sorry, but who is this emotional asshole to the right of me right now? What are you doing, JC? <laughs> he's usually the hard. He, he he's sentimental whenever he gets sleep Wait. deprived. <laughs> and he's talking about like one of my favorite people, Bourdain. Yeah. Which book are you on right now? The one that just uh, was just released. Hang on. Ooh, I don't have that one. I'm trying to read them in order. So I was almost done reading Kitchen Confidential when the news broke about him dying. Okay. And, uh, that just blew my mind. That book is phenomenal. This is uh, this was finished in, in in large part after his death, uh, and it's kind of like a traveler's atlas. Yes, I haven't uh, got that one yet. And my wife got me this for Father's Day, for my first Father's Day as a dad. But uh, it's great. It's a good sort of, uh, if you got a place you sit while you're having your morning coffee and you don't want to like commit to reading a book, but you want to like flip through the page and go on a 10-minute vacation, like this is, this is what that is. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, but y'all Just, were talking about, somebody said, uh, uh uh, and it might have been AJ. I think that like if the world drank bourbon, we we would solve all our problems. And let me just say, so I was I love touring in the UK, and in, I ended up connecting with a, a member of Parliament uh, who's a big country fan, Andrew Percy. And okay, invited me and uh, some folks from the CMA Country Music Association to have dinner at Parliament. There's a there's a restaurant there where the members yep. of Parliament can have dinner. And gave us a private tour. It was so cool. We stood on the rooftop, you know, right. Couldn't really reach out and touch Big Ben, but it felt like it. And uh, and then he took us to the bar. There's a bar at Parliament. Okay. And <laughs> it, they're English. Did you expect less? No, no, no I get. I, 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 I was not surprised. Um, it's called Strangers or something like that because you know they can't. They don't want to be identified just drinking at the bar. But apparently, like some of the time when they have those really late votes, they have to get ushers and stuff to like carry up some of the members to the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was there and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a political statement. I don't even want to go, you know, we're drinking bourbon, have fun. But I just kept thinking, man, if Congress would just put a damn bar, <laughs> <laughs> everything out and we'd all get along. <laughs> A lot of stuff would get solved really quick. Yeah. You just see McCarthy and Pelosi just singing like karaoke, like drunk as fuck. Singing so sea <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I know, yes, me too. <laughs> Keep that with somebody in bond with him. You get to know him on a human level, man. I'm just saying. When you drink with somebody, you learn who they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing that we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> now you all know how much of an asshole I am. I mean, 
my gosh, y'all, some of my early days tour, man, we would we would go crazy. There's a place in Northern California called the Club Klondike. It's near uh, Lake Shasta. There's Mount Shasta, Lake Shasta, whatever, uh, which is where Merle Haggard had a, a place and spent a lot of his time and wrote some songs out on Lake Shasta. But uh, Club Klondike, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't remember what happened, but I remember what happened, but I don't <laughs> It was. All- I remember. I Is it a sworn time. to secrecy type of a thing? No, it's just they That's have this thing called Klondike Kool Aid, and I swear to y'all, it's blue and it literally glows in the dark. And you drink a couple of those. That blue, that blue alcohol, fuck you, right, JC? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not. It ain't what this is for sure. But it was. Yeah. It was a, like with Bourdain. It was a worthwhile endeavor. Our our favorite times of year is it's cold out. We get whiskey, we get cigars, we bundle up, get in front of a fire, and just sit outside and listen to music and drink whiskey for an hour. <laughs> for for an, for an hours for hours. Yeah. For hours. For an hours. Well, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's it's like the greatest thing because you know it's it, even like this. You know, our paths probably wouldn't have naturally crossed in the real world. It's just the way it is. There's a, a million different reasons why, but like. That whiskey has given us an opportunity to talk to people, you know, like yourself, you know, people that we've idolized in the whiskey community held like, and we've had actors from, you know, Scotland that have been on. So it, it's, and, and everyone says the exact same thing. And it's really interesting, no matter where you're at in the spectrum of life, whether you're rich or poor or famous or like us, nobody's, um, <laughs> you know, their whiskey story is like the same, right? It's either like their dad, their family, it reminds them of home, something like that. Memories with people. They have really funny stories. And it's really cool how not only cross-cultural, but cross-class cross class, whiskey has the same effect on everyone. That's right. And it's it's really cool. Drink, you know? Yeah. And nobody got to look up on how you drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. You want let, Let's see if we can do the dickle. We, we've got one. We've never had this. I've never had this, yeah. So you got that one, and we're going to try this one, and we're going to see what we can think. But you got to be the professional and walk us through that one. Well, he's already a school I mean, he's a ringer. <laughs> a ring. A ringer. Oh. Yep. Well, full disclosure. So when I was on uh, the other uh, bourbon. Dad, podcast, it's fine. Dad's drinking bourbon. We're friends. We're, we can say it. When I was on Dad's drinking bourbon, I tried this for the first time, and I've actually had uh, a a different bottle of this i didn't tell anybody because i thought well maybe they'll bring me another bottle and they did (laughs) um so uh i had this and it was at the end of the night and i feel like i didn't get a fair shot at evaluating it and i've had it since in in the past week i've had Mm -hmm. a couple of it and i really dig it um so i'm gonna pour it subtle john's actually been like a really big help for us and 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 our growth and stuff so like we're we're really we're good friends yeah there's no really real competitors in this space we all help each other you know it's kind of like musicians right everybody said for the most part everyone's like everyone helps each other we have you know a good time if anybody wants to like do something collaborate that it's it from what i've heard from you know talking to a lot of people with warner everyone's real friendly in that perspective the whiskey podcast community is the same thing it doesn't matter if we've met people who are established or bigger than us they've welcomed us and you know it's 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 like putting the ladder down for everyone, and we're doing yeah. the same thing for people now that are just starting yeah. out. It's, it's fun. Was it they say uh, all boats rise with the tide? 
Yep. You know? yep. Yep. And if the tide keeps rising, so does everybody else. <laughs> Unless you have an anchor and a short rope. <laughs> oh, there's the grumpy JC we know. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't stay in place all the time. That was my philosophy. Woo. I'm sorry. I had to drink it as I saw your face. <laughs> that hits different. It's got a very different nose on it. It's a mild. That, that It just hits so different than everything we've been having. Yeah. I am a fan of that Dickel Barrel Select. Uh, so with this, I get a lot of corn. Like I'll, I, I, this is heavy, heavy corn. I'm getting oh. a similar situation, even though I'm, I'm drinking a different bottle of Dickel. Uh, it's, it's probably a corn. But it's like sweet, sweet corn. Very sweet. Most Tennessee whiskeys are sweet. But you know what is interesting? I know we're drinking different kinds. There's a lot of vanilla in this particular one. I can, and, I can see uh, that. I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, what makes bourbon bourbon because I have been a fan of Bellmead bourbon. Bellmead's delicious. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, Bellmead, that's a neighborhood in Nashville. So is Bellmead made in Tennessee? It's not, but the bottling plant is down there, right? Is yeah. that, it's a Tennessee company. It's a Tennessee, I, I, it's I a Tennessee company. Ma- Eventually they are. I think they might be making their own they're stuff. They're making now. their own stuff. So it's it's basically like the, it's it's what every company that starts out do. They source their whiskey until the juice that they can make is old enough because it's a really shitty, you know, business plan. They're like, we're gonna start a bourbon company coming right. to you in five to six years. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> very like the music business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I always thought until you know, a week ago, I was like, well, I thought bourbon was kind of like, it was like champagne in France. And like, you, it had to be made in this tiny, you know, uh, patch of the map. Yeah. And so I'm learning that that's not true. Yeah. And I'm loving it because I'm a fan of Tennessee whiskey as I am bourbon. And, uh, and so the idea of the two worlds kind of like doing a little collab. Yeah. Makes yeah. Me it's a, it's a misconception that bourbon has to be made in Kentucky. There, there are a lot of, especially when you use the term Tennessee whiskey, there are a lot of Tennessee whiskeys that by legal definition are bourbon could be bourbon. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee decided to set themselves apart and have a separate name called Tennessee whiskey, the Lincoln County press. Yeah. The Lincoln County press is part of that separation of what makes it, Tennessee whiskey rather than bourbon. Um, so it was something that Tennessee chose to do. So it's not that they're different. They're essentially the same, just sometimes a little bit different processes. But there's no real like reason to kind of hate on one or the other. You know, it's enjoy what you like. If you like That's the right. flavor of it, go for it. So That's right. this is... Um, I'm looking up like the mash bill notes and stuff on it. So it's, it's at least 51% corn. It, I, I'm not saying call bourbon. Right. Right. So, but um, it's, uh, it's a maple charcoal filter. Okay. So they use the Tennessee, the Lake County press, the maple, char- maple charcoal. So it's right. going to be a little sweeter. Yeah, that's where that, maybe that's a different finish I'm getting. Yeah. Like, it's a sweet finish. Uh, it's a sweet, charry finish. Well, yeah, that's the, cause they, they, every, every drop of water goes through charcoal. Yeah. Uh, and they're using maple charcoal, so it's going to have that sweet, sweet yeah. Tennessee. I wonder whiskey. if all Dickel uses a maple because Dickel has a different flavor profile than most, most, uh, most other. Whiskey, yeah, usually you can taste it, and you can taste that you're drinking Dickel. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. Jeff was able to spot it out real quick. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say that, and I wonder if it is actually the maple. I just be. haven't researched it enough. This kind of has a 
distinct maple vibe. Happening. Yeah, it's yeah, like a so syrup. I, yeah, but not not overly. Like I could. Yeah, it's not like clinging. It's not like clawingly sweet. It's just. Yeah, it's not like I'm drinking a bottle bottle Cairo over here. But uh, yeah, it's got that sweet. It's just like that's what Tennessee's known for with their whiskey. Yeah. It, the some of the rough edges get knocked uh, off as it's getting through the press. And it's sour mash. Well, a lot of bourbons and stuff are sour mashes. I'm a fan of the char factor on this bourbon too. It's got a, like, it's not that much in front in terms of the profile or whatever, but it's there like a great rhythm guitarist. (laughs) 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 The char on nickel bourbon is like seeing a band that you love and you know, the lead singers doing their thing and singing all the hits and everybody's singing along. But for whatever reason, you're at the concert focused on that rhythm guitar player because they are the glue holding that shit together. And it's like Duff from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, (laughs) very much much so. You know, it's the char in this Dickel Bourbon is the Ron Wood to the Keith Richards that is the maple and the all the other shit going on. You know, like it allows the star of the show to be the star of the show, which is saying something. It's it's interesting for us because we don't drink a lot of whiskeys with that finish. Yeah. And it throws your it really throws your taste buds for a loop. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for that. Because yeah, yeah, we're drinking all three of these, right? And and so then you have that finish and it's like, what the shit just happened? <laughs> That's that was why my face, it wasn't because it was bad, it was because I was like my my entire sensory was just like what what the shit did you just drink because we were you know yeah. your brain kind of gets especially with the last two it's same company same mash bill yeah. you're expecting something like that and then boom yeah and you know when i was on uh dad's drinking bourbon this was the last whiskey we we tried and it threw me for a loop i didn't know i was like ah there's a lot of alcohol in this you know and um what what is the proof on that one what I realized was happening. Like I was, I was on a whole different frequency and this was, you know, it was like, I was on FM radio and this <laughs> is like six fifty AM WSM, like grand Ole Opry coming at me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's like, Whoa, I'm into this. I'm into this vibe, but it was a different vibe. It's, it's not the same. Like one of these is not like the other. And it's, yeah. it's this for sure. Yeah. So of the of the of the new ones that you you tried, which one is your favorite? I do love this Dickel Bourbon, and I'm I mean, damn it, I'm gonna have a, a night where I just get on this vibe throughout the night and like lock into it. And I want to try the Dickel Bourbon in some, uh, I say cocktails. I'm not big on cocktails, but like an old fashioned. I think this is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, uh, Bourbon old fashioned. Um, man, okay, like the early times, gold star smooth town usa but i'm gonna go with this for my favorite yeah there you go seriously you have a winner like these were all great um but of these three i I was like wow i didn't know you could get a 25 dollar bottle of whiskey that tastes this good that yeah yep awesome and i want to make old fashions with this you know or or, they'll they'll be great there, there's another one. It's old granddad 114. It's in that same price point. It's a little bit hot, hotter, but it we collectively think that makes the best base old fashioned that we that you can have. And the I bottle's like twenty eight bucks. Yeah, I think it's the, for me the old granddad 114 is like your 
best base for like any like yeah. old fashions, mules. I've never had it in Manhattan though. So I like the one one ride in my Manhattans and yeah. but still it's this long branch is gonna be something that I reach for. Let's say our son Gabriel it takes an hour to put him down to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like happy juice. Like I'm gonna just pour this and uh AJ, like you said, like make time slow down a little bit. <laughs> Smooth town USA, man. I'm into that. This right here, let me tell you about what I would do with this wild turkey rare breed rye. The wife and I got a babysitter. She getting <laughs> <laughs> We're about to go out, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna get in the zone before we leave the house. I'm gonna pour this. Loosen up a little bit. I'm gonna loosen up a little bit and I'm gonna try to be as funny and charming as I can as she gets uh you know, all sequined out and whatnot. I'm gonna be because <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Going. So you're gonna, gonna, congratulations you're, on that second kid. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, a change in the home. Yeah. <laughs> there is something dressed up and drinking whiskey. Yes. You know? Yeah. It really is. And that this is my get dressed up and drink whiskey. It's like <laughs> it's, oh. what, what's 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 fun about this? $25. Right? The, there are the times this one's about 35 to 38 with the 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 long branch. This one's going to be about 50 bucks. Maybe a little higher just depending on the taxes in the state you're in. But none of these are like break the bank type whiskeys. And so and they're all easy to find too. They're not like all readily new. available. Yeah. That one's not in Kentucky yet. The Dickel bourbon, I, I want to say is going for high twenties, low thirties. Yeah. Oh, for okay. eight years. That's not bad. That's I'd not definitely bad, try right? that. Yeah. That hasn't hit us yet. Yeah. That's the only reason we, so we don't have it. It's because it's not here yet. Dick, I mean, Dickel's work. Dickel's here. So eventually they'll be here, but we don't have it yet. So have you, um, there's, um, cause you're in Tennessee. You should see if you can find the James Ownby reserve. It's, um, by old Smokey. We, we actually went down to old Smokey for the release cause John actually couldn't go and they needed, wanted some people to go. And John actually was kind of nice to help us get down there. And, uh, it's actually really good because they're traditionally, you know, moonshine type company and it's, it's there, but you're in Tennessee. You should look for it. It's beautiful blue bottle. Um, really nice artwork. There's a lot of history actually behind it too. So like, as you like the history of it, I think you'd really enjoy that, that whiskey as well. Yeah. Sorry. So this is a very important conversation, uh, question before we kind of wrap up who's funnier us or dad's drinking bourbon. (laughs) Well, I haven't had as much to drink with y'all as I did with them yet. So you got to give me another 30 minutes to get, (laughs) I mean, we can drink more. If you ain't got nowhere to go, we can drink. Yeah. So here's the thing on on answering that: there are different kinds of funny. Okay. Their dad's funny. There's uh, what's that? Their dad joke funny. To answer your question, yes, they are they are the dad joke funny, and I respect that because my dad is like king of the dad jokes. But yeah, y'all have uh, well, if Anthony Bourdain had been a comedian, you know, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had art. Anyway, Charlie, thank you so much. Sorry about the the technical difficulties. Apparently, even though the computer is charged, it decided it wanted to die. There he is. One last cheers. Thank you so much. We're we're all cuddled together now, and uh, and uh, remember, a, a bourbon with friends can change the world.
As always, the bourbons highlighted on this podcast will feature in the show notes. Tune in next time for another episode of Bourbon with Friends.